You are listening to the Conscious Women podcast for the spiritually minded and conscious driven visionary woman who's ready to elevate her life, business or career. I'm your host, Suki Ko, mindset coach and meditation teacher. My goal in this show is to lead you into your inner world and for you to see the infinite potential within you to be, do and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset and spiritual development. Each week, I'll bring you coaching sessions, strategies, and guided meditations on how to do the inner work to discover your soul's purpose, find alignment with your authentic self, and get a mindset makeover so you can create a life you love. I truly believe that you can achieve anything you put your mind to. I'll be showing you how powerful you really are, how to face your fears, overcome obstacles, and most importantly, how to take action and stop playing small. Are you ready? Let's dive in. So I'm super excited about today's episode. And this episode is for every woman who's not where she thought she would be in life. And I think the title gives it away. And whether that's a midlife crisis or a quarter life crisis that you're having, And even if you're not having a crisis in your life, still stay tuned to listen because today I'm going to be talking about purpose. And purpose is a question I get asked so much. Suki, how do I find my purpose? What is my purpose? And you may have even asked yourself that question. What is my purpose in life? So how's life? Yeah, you. I'm asking you, how's life? Okay, maybe that's a bit of a loaded question, but I just wanted to check in because I'm interested in seeing how you're really feeling about the life that you are living at this very moment. Would you say that you're living a purpose-driven life? Can you confidently say that you're doing everything in your power to live that authentic, successful, focused life filled with passion? Well, The reason I ask you this is before I found my purpose in life, I felt pretty lost and discouraged, unfulfilled and was wondering why with everything that I had in my life, why was I still feeling unhappy? So I'm just wondering if you've ever felt that way too. And I don't know if you listened to last week's episode, but I did mention in last week's episode that I was going to share my life story with you. And I know you've probably heard snippets of it here or there in all the episodes that I've done in the past, but today I'm going to dedicate this episode to my story. And that's my story and how I found my purpose. And I hope that you can relate to some of my story and I really hope that it will inspire you and motivate you to go out there and find your purpose. And this episode follows on from last week's episode where I talked about the five common lies or beliefs that we tell ourselves. And also the next few episodes I'm also going to be dedicating to finding your purpose and to find out whether you're living your purpose, how you find your purpose and the question of what is my purpose. I'm also going to be bringing on some guests. So mostly I've done solo episodes. I have done a few episodes where I've brought some guests on but The next few episodes after next week, I will be bringing on some more guests. And these are 
inspirational women who have left their corporate career to start their own businesses, to follow their passion and to follow their purpose. So let's get back to today's episode and a little bit about me. You may have already read about my story. I've got some of it on my website and you've heard snippets of it through previous episodes, but my life was designed and handed to me by my parents and I lived that life for 34 years under a myriad of identity labels and expectations that everyone else had in my life for me. The expectation that my parents had for me to have an arranged marriage, a husband they chose for me and to have no other ambition other than just being a dutiful wife and mother. And that was a very different life to the ambitions that I wanted. And I remember having this conversation with my dad about further education after I was going to leave school at the age of 16 and I wanted to go to university. And he said with a resounding no, Indian girls don't study. And that voice, the voice of my father, still rings in my head four decades later. Indian girls don't study. It was almost like it was a tag and and an identity that I heartbrokenly accepted. His desires for me, his dreams for me were just to have an arranged marriage and just live that life expected of me. So here I was, I was married at 19, a mother of two sons to the age of 22, and I was just surviving on expectations and the cultural norms. And slowly, slowly, my light inside of me was dimming. I was depressed, felt stuck, empty, unfulfilled and miserable in my life and my marriage. And I know that I should have been grateful for the life that I had because I was healthy. I had a good job. I had my sons. I had a husband who loved me. But deep inside me, something was missing. And to fill this void, I just threw myself into my career. That was my escape, going to work and just throwing myself into something that I really enjoyed. And then when I was coming home, I just threw myself into the role as a mum because that was something else that just gave me so much satisfaction. And even though the voice of my dad saying, Indian girls don't study, but deep down, I really desired to have an education, to do better in my job. And at the time, I had a job as a legal secretary and my boss could see my passion and my drive that I had in my role. And I would go always go over and beyond everything that I needed to do in that role. And he would say to me so often, Suki, if you're so interested in progressing your career, why don't you study? And why don't you qualify as a lawyer? And you know, you can do it part time, even with working full time. And I just kept making excuses and just saying, no, I'm too busy. You know, my boys are so young. It's not something that I can dedicate time to at this stage of my life and just would make up all these excuses. But deep inside me, having that dream shattered until one day I thought, no, why can't I do this? And I went to go and speak to my boss about it. And he even offered to sponsor me. And when I thought, I've got everything laid out here. I could study part time. My boss was willing to sponsor me for my education and I could study part time. And the beauty of it was I didn't even have to go to college or university. I could study by open university. 
So to fill this void that I had, I started part-time study through Open University to qualify as a lawyer, which obviously wasn't encouraged. I was able to take the emphasis off the course as I didn't attend university and it was all done online and no one knew what my end goal was. And I would study early mornings before work and just late at night after I'd put the boys to bed. And my husband would work until 11 o'clock at night, so he never really saw me study. And at weekends, I never studied. And my studies never spilt into my day life. And after, I think it was about seven years, after so much blood, sweat and tears, I qualified as a lawyer and embarked upon a career that I thought would make me so happy and a successful woman. But fast forwarding eight years, I was feeling even more depressed and miserable in my life and my marriage. And then one day I said, enough, enough is enough and I'm done. There I thought that my education, having the status and the prestige as a lawyer would fill that void, will fill that emptiness that I had inside me. But it didn't. Something else was missing. I was miserable in my marriage and I had a moment right out of. I don't know if you've seen that film or read the book, which is Elizabeth Gilbert's memoir of um, the later movie of Eat, Pray, Love, where I just looked at my life, that perfect life, and realised that I was completely and utterly unhappy I was literally on my knees in my bathroom, on my bathroom floor, crying my eyes out and saying to myself, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just be happy? How had I gotten here? And to my logical and rational mind, this just seemed ridiculous. I was in a career that most people only dreamed about. And I should be happy and grateful for the fact that I'm married. I have my own home. I have my beautiful, gorgeous son's. I had a career to be grateful for and instead of dealing with all of this knowing I just distracted myself by keeping myself busy and just saying to myself Suki just be grateful for what you've got. There are so many other people out there that are worse off than you. And then I think I may have lasted maybe another year 18 months and so much was going on in my life. My marriage was on the rocks And I just had enough. And that was it. I said to myself, I'm done. And I don't know where I found the courage, where I found the faith from. But I found that courage to walk out of that life and redesign a new one. So here I was, age 34, a divorced, depressed, single mother whose life had just crumbled around her. But this heartbreak and the feeling of worthless turned out to be one of my greatest gifts of my life. And I wanted to be the best mother and role model for my boys. So I hit the ground running. I had a successful corporate career, which I gave my life to. And from the outside in, it looked like I had the perfect happy life. But that was far from the truth. Something was still missing. I was living with the guilt and the shame of the divorce because, again, the expectation of culture, no matter what, you make marriage work. But I had gone against the grain, gone against the status quo and did the forbidden thing that was taboo in our culture and that was to walk out of a marriage and have a divorce. And still to this day, 
I carry that guilt. I carry that shame that I let everyone down and especially my boys. And I just continued to distract myself and repressed all of my emotions, all of my feelings. And that was a defense mechanism that I used just not to feel that guilt and to feel the shame. And just carried on putting on that hard front. But fast forward six years, I was living a corporate nightmare, constant stress and burnout, working long hours, 14 to 16 hours a day, even sometimes seven days a week. Some nights I would pull an all-nighter just to catch up with my work. And it made me even more miserable and said to myself, how have I gotten here? But I just continued to convince myself and my logical and my rational mind just kept saying, don't be so ridiculous, Suki. The job will get better. Your life will get better. You've invested way too much to achieve all of this. So that's what I did. I just chased the next success, looking at the next promotion and throwing myself in my role, doing the best that I could do to make my bosses happy so that they would consider me for the next promotion. And because of that, I just suppressed all of my emotions because I thought emotions were a weakness and I associated completely with my mind, looking for a logical reason, logical evidence outside of myself as to why should I leave something that I had spent 11 years in the making, working towards a dream that I had from my childhood. So here I was convincing myself again, but far from thriving and continued to work that 14, 16 hour days, which just became totally normal for me. But this eventually led to burnout, mental and physical exhaustion. I felt frustrated, sad, anxious, depressed, but I had to carry on because this was all I knew. And even though it was having an impact on my health, I just ignored it because I didn't have time for me. And I'd been suffering from chronic severe neck and back pain for years. And now looking back at it, most of it was stress related. And it would just cripple me some days, but I dragged myself into work every day. And thankfully, the pain got so bad that I was forced to stop and listen to my body. It was one day when I was literally on the floor, on the floor like a heap, like a sack that had just been dropped because I just could not lift myself up. I was in so much pain. I was so exhausted. And looking back at it now, I think I probably not, I didn't even have maybe five days of sick in the entire time that I was working. I would drag myself into work even on the days where I was feeling really sick and didn't want to get out of bed and I would pull the covers over my head and just be like, oh, I don't want to go to work today. And this was now, um, I would say 2014, or sort of the beginning of 2014. And for the first time in my life, I surrendered. I surrendered to the truth that things were not working out. I had neglected my emotional and my physical health and just kept suppressing the symptoms. And now it was vital to my health and my body and my sanity that I stopped and listened. So I did. I knew that my life had more meaning. I knew that I had another purpose calling, but I just kept ignoring the whispers of my soul and trying to convince myself that what I was doing was the right job for me, was the right career. 
but little did I know that there was another master plan going on. Another master plan that at the time we don't understand, at the time we may not follow it, but when we look back at our life path and we look back at the breadcrumbs and you notice and see all the signs, another beautiful life plan was unfolding for me. But it's not what I called it at the time. And it was, yeah, so now we're March 2014 and it was my 40th birthday. And as they say, you may have a a midlife crisis at the age of 40. And that's exactly what I thought I was going through, a midlife crisis. Here I am, just turned 40, in a career that I was miserable with, even though I should have been really grateful and really successful in it. But little did I know that the universe had other plans for me. And I don't know where I found the courage or the faith from, but I did the unexpected. I found the courage to follow my heart. I took the leap of faith and I handed in my notice to quit my job as a lawyer. And I only told a few of my close colleagues, a few of my close, close friends, and they thought that I had gone mad, gone crazy. What was I doing? Throwing my life away. I didn't even know what I wanted to do. And when I announced it, it was a big gasp from everyone. It was like, what? Everyone around me said, have you gone mad? You're throwing away such a lucrative career. But I knew, I knew this was not my path, not my path to my happiness or fulfillment. But I found the courage to stand my ground. And there was one thing that I knew for sure, that I no longer wanted to be chained to a desk in a soul-sucking job, building someone else's dream. So I did it. I handed in my resignation. I left a career I spent 16 years in the making with no plan B in place. And here I was at the age of 40. I started my life all over again. And the cliche phrase that life truly begins at 40. And I look back at it now and my life truly did begin at 40. I finally let go of the expectation that everyone had for me, the expectation that I had for myself. And I tell you, it was the most liberating feeling ever. And upon leaving the law, I knew one thing, that I didn't want to help someone else build their dream. So I desired to run my own business, but I didn't have a clue on what I wanted to do. I knew I wasn't creative But what did I want to do? I kept asking myself. All I had was my laptop and just a vague idea of how to actually run a business. But I had this unshakable desire for a life of more freedom, of fun, fulfillment and travel. So I started a business that I thought was going to make a lot of money. And I went in with this ego mindset. I spent so many hours, days and months and a lot of money setting it up. And shortly after startup, it failed because I went into it for the wrong reasons and it wasn't aligned to my soul and it wasn't aligned to my values. And actually, I look back at it now and it was a blessing in disguise because although I have so much guilt around it because I spent so much money and time trying to set it up, it taught me so much about entrepreneurship and how to deal with failure And that was the biggest lesson that I could take away from it. Even though in my eyes it was a failure, I took the feedback and started over again. 
but I was missing a really big piece of my life puzzle. And that was that I had so much emotional healing to do, so much trauma that I needed to heal, but I just kept ignoring it. And I did exactly the same thing, just threw myself into this business, tried to distract myself from it all, but I just couldn't ignore it anymore. I knew that I had so much emotional and physical healing to do, which I knew I just couldn't ignore anymore. So that's what took me on my personal development journey. And I discovered so many new methods to support my healing from all the conditioning and all the emotional baggage that I was carrying from my personal life. And even all the healing that I had to do from the corporate world because I became so institutionalized working in the corporate world that I even had healing to do from that. So this journey now led me into deep healing, a spiritual journey and a journey of meditation. And then this is where meditation was my biggest gift and my biggest teacher. I had so many breakthroughs which just transformed my life. And this wasn't something I just did in a few months. This is or has been a lifelong learning. I have done it now since 2015. So for seven years, I've been on this healing journey and it's still a continuous journey. I am still knocking down barriers and limiting beliefs and reprogramming and rewiring my mindset and managing my mindset. But one thing for sure, I made my self-care and my self-love my number one priority which transformed my life and allowed me to free my soul and my emotional well-being. And through all of this personal development, I met so many amazing people. I connected with so many amazing people, which took me on this journey of well-being and spiritual development and personal development. And I invested in coaches and mentors to awaken my highest potential. I started reading personal development books, attending seminars and workshops, tuning into podcasts, and I just got hooked. And I found that courage to close the door of expectation and kept the faith in the universe that it had other plans for me. And I accepted that the corporate life was not the best place for me to thrive. I was sick of being tied to a desk, having little creative and intellectual freedom. And I was just around these people who just seemed to be just as unhappy and discontent with their career as I was. And I just hated being in this negative, toxic environment. Oh my goodness, I just had to stop the podcast then because, and you can probably hear it in my voice. I was just gagging on the discomfort of all of that that I just spoke about because I hadn't actually sat down and listened to it. And although I would think about my past, I didn't actually sat there and listened to my own voice, telling my own story. I've always told snippets of it, but never told it in full from start to finish. And I look back at that old Suki and I shudder at the thought of being in that body. And I just had that visceral feeling in me just now. And literally I gagged and I was about to vomit. I'm really sorry. Sorry for giving you too much information there, but whoa, that really was confirmation for me that I am now in the mind and the body of a brand new person. Oh, I'm back. I just had to take some deep breaths. And the great thing is, 
being a coach and having all the modalities that I've learned, I can really quickly get knocked out of my peace. But I also know how quickly I can bring myself back back into my peace by just pulling out one of my tools out of my spiritual or coaching toolbox. But that was almost like I just had to do a final release. And I'm so glad I did that. Because actually, I was hesitating about doing this episode and talking about my life story sort of from start to finish. But I did it and I'm proud of myself. So going back to it, I started reading so many personal development books, attending workshops and seminars and invested in coaches and mentors and spiritual teachers and just fell in love with this personal development, which then led me to being certified in coaching. So I did a diploma in coaching and life coaching and business coaching. I did neuro-linguistic programming. I became a master coach and a trainer in NLP. Also became a hypnotherapy practitioner because I just became so fascinated about human behavior and learning about neuroscience and quantum physics, which then led me into all the energy work that I'm just so passionate about. So then I became a Reiki practitioner. I went on and did active consciousness meditation teacher training and a yoga teacher training in Bali. And my latest certification was in emotional freedom technique. So I have so many modalities and my coaching is very holistic. I have a very unique approach and I bring a very holistic approach to my coaching. So it's not just the traditional, which is the old paradigm of working on just the mental level. I work on a new paradigm that combines energy work, spirituality, science, psychology and embodiment. So you approach every aspect of a person's life in all five facets of your being. So that's your mental, emotional, your spiritual, energetic and physical. So we're working on a whole, which is mind, body and soul alignment. And that's what brought me to coaching. I fell in love with it so much and saw just how profound, what profound breakthroughs I had then, the transformation it gave to my life that I thought to myself, the only thing that could be better than living my own dream would be guiding others to live theirs. And that is what has brought me to running my own coaching and retreat business and recording this podcast here for you today. So looking back at it now, I would probably say that I found my purpose really by accident, but also looking back and looking back at all the breadcrumbs, there was always a science to say that this was going to be my purpose. Because even though I felt so repressed creatively and emotionally and physically from the corporate environment that I was working in, there was one aspect of the job that I loved, and that was the client-facing part of my role. It was almost a role of a counsellor. I was so emotionally involved in some of my cases because of the nature of the cases that I would deal with and just how emotional my clients would get. That I just had this natural gift and little did I know that I was uncovering a gift. I knew I, nev- I never knew that I had a gift that I'd shown up in all my previous jobs. And that gift of holding space, the gift of coaching, and the gift of supporting people through major life legal challenges. And that is why I fell in love with coaching and meditation so much and embarked upon this path. 
which then led me on my spiritual journey to India and to Bali to train as a meditation teacher and a yoga teacher and just to elevate my spiritual journey even more. And it doesn't stop there. Even fast forwarding to today, I found the support that I needed to leave behind that life, that life that I thought I was supposed to create for one that my soul was craving to live. And now, Today, I never have felt so free in all of my life. I live with so much joy, fulfillment, freedom, inner peace, which has now led me to run my passion and purposeful business today. And you know, I am so proud of calling myself a soulpreneur and I lead from the heart. It wasn't an easy journey. Building that bridge from my mind, from my head to my heart was one of the hardest journeys that I've ever been on and one of the most painful journeys because I've had to deal with some big black demons that I had repressed for over four decades and I'm still not fixed, I'm still not perfect but I've learnt to accept my imperfections and the biggest life lesson I gave myself was the one of self-love. As soon as I started filling my own cup up, it had that ripple effect in all of my relationships. And heck yeah, I still, I'm still human. I still have bad days. I still have days where I don't want to get out of bed. I still have days where I get knocked out of my peace. I have to deal with drama. I sometimes fall into that trap of people pleasing and perfectionism. But now with all my tools and my coaching skills, I know how to quickly bring myself back and set those healthy boundaries again. And here's the thing, my story, it didn't break me. In the end, it made me so much stronger than I ever thought was possible. It made me build my life. Every day I wake up, I get to choose me. I get to chase my dreams and create my future. Is that selfish? I don't know. But to be honest, You only have one life and I don't want to look back at my life and regret the things that I didn't do. And I worked my ass off to create a life and a career that I wanted to be happy and proud of. Yes, I was married, but it ended in a divorce. I have two incredible sons. I had a successful career as a lawyer in my own home. I went on amazing holidays. I was living a life on the outside that looked picture perfect. And that was my purpose then. And I count my blessings and I feel so blessed that I found that courage to escape the rat race, to leave my nine to five. Although it wasn't a nine to five, I would more like call it a five to nine. And I found my freedom. I left that successful corporate career in law, which I, even though I spent 16 years in the making, I have no regrets because I surrendered to the guidance of my soul. Actually, I do have one regret, and that regret is that I wished I had done it much sooner. And I speak to so many women who are afraid of going after their dreams, of investing in themselves and in their vision, and they're just afraid of what others are going to say, the expectation of others or what society might think of them. They're just afraid of failing and have all these limiting beliefs. And that was last week's episode when I went through the five common lies and beliefs that we tell ourselves. And that's a big part of it, the limiting beliefs and all that deconditioning that we have to do from our childhood, 
from all those life experiences that we've had. But it can be done. If I've done it, you can do it too. So this is why I'm so passionate now to help other women redesign their life so that they no longer have to live that traditional, conventional life expected of them. And I help them to rip away all those labels of expectation and for them to discover their authentic self and to live that life that is purposeful and aligned with their authentic self. So just before I finish again, I'm going to ask you that question that I asked at the beginning of the episode, and that was, how's life? And I'm asking you, how is life? Even though that is a big loaded question, when you finish today's episode, I want you to ask yourself that question and check in with yourself. I'm interested in seeing how you're really feeling about the life that you are living at this very moment. And would you say that you're living a purpose-driven life? You see, I truly believe that discovering your life purpose will help you achieve a more interesting, joyful, satisfying existence. And that's exactly what I want for you. And when you do find your purpose, you can focus on what matters most to you and fulfill that spark that makes you want to jump out of bed in the morning with excitement and to go after your life's greatest desires. And uncovering your purpose can benefit you in so many ways. But to keep it short and sweet, I'll just name a few. By finding your purpose, you'll better understand your definition of success. By knowing your why, you'll be able to create that life on your terms and in alignment with your core values. The thing about success is that it actually can and and it likely will look different to everyone despite how your friends, your family members, your co-workers, or even the social label of success. Discovering your purpose will help you make success feel achievable and exciting. Another thing discovering your purpose does, it helps you to better embrace change. The ups and downs of life can sometimes make it so hard to stay on track and towards our goals. And when your every step towards your goal is backed by your purpose and your values, you will start to see that change as simply as a stepping stone rather than a roadblock. And the final thing I want to say about purpose is is that it also allows you to live your most authentic life and be true to yourself and express yourself as you. And authenticity helps you embody a high internal frequency, which will help you to attract the right people and the right opportunities into your life. Because that's exactly what happened to me. One door would close, but another one would open and all these opportunities would just present themselves. And all these synchronicities, which at first I thought were just coincidences, but now looking back, they were all planted at the perfect divine timing. And I like to call them divine synchronicities because the universe had a plan for me and the universe has a plan for you. And now, of course, all of this sounds pretty amazing, right? But for most people, discovering their why can be the hardest part. And I'm just going to leave you with one exercise before I close off the episode. And that is for you to take an inventory of your life. And there's just a few questions that you can ask yourself and it will really prompt you to help you to dig deep into what makes you tick. So think about your past. So... When you have some time after this episode, get your journal out, 
and you know how much I go on about journaling. And there's just these few questions you can ask yourself if you really want to find your purpose and you really want to know what your why is. Do a life inventory and really reflect on these questions. Take your time. Don't rush them. And really just connect with your heart. Come out of your head. So firstly, think about the past. Think back to your childhood and that the things that used to bring you so much joy. What were you doing at the time? Who were you with? And what was your environment like? What did you want to be when you were a little girl? What was your dream to grow up to be? Then look at your present life. Take note of all the moments and the experiences when you feel most like yourself. So when do you feel the happiest? When do you feel the most connected to your values? When do you experience the most gratitude for feelings of abundance in your life? Think about how you're spending your time. What things do you give your most priority to? What keeps you up at night? What habits do you indulge in that keep you aligned to your values? And that's good habits. Because your values and your core values is what you're going to be making all of your life decisions from. And this is where you get your conflicts when you're not aligned with your values. And then do a life inventory of your future. Think about your wildest dreams and dream big here. Think about what it is that you want to be doing or how do you want to be spending your time. So if money and time wasn't an issue, what would you love to be doing? And what habits do you think you need to change to feel more empowered and to stay on track towards your why? If you were going to save the world... How would you do it? And how do you want to be remembered? So these are just a few questions to reflect on. If you really want to be truthful to yourself when you're answering these questions and and not say to yourself, oh, this is unrealistic. Just give yourself permission to dream big. And most importantly, is to listen to the whispers of your soul. So there you go. That was my midlife crisis. And thank you so much for staying until the end. I know this episode has been quite a long episode, but I hope you enjoyed it and it brought you lots of value. And I will see you next time. Bye.